So today, for the instruction, uh, what I want to look at is a little bit, in a way, uh, set the scene, because we have uh, quite a large number of people, and so you come from really a wide range of background, I would say, in terms of meditation. Some people who have not done so much, some people who have done more of the mindfulness style, a few who have done a little Zen, a few who have done some Tibetan Buddhism, a few who have done other things, quite a few who have done quite a lot. So in a way, uh, you have a, a mixed group, which I think is nice, because you can, you know, there is a, the kind of the solidness, the groundedness of people who are used to do this, but there is also the enthusiasm, the energy, and the trying out of people who have not done so much. So we all, in a way, uh, are contributing to the atmosphere, to the sincerity, to the efforts. And so I would like to look at, in a way, what, what are we doing when we meditate? And one thing we have to be very careful here is that often, when we think about a meditation retreat, when we are doing meditation, we seem to look more at the effect of the meditation more than at the cultivation of the meditation. And I think this is really important to see that when we cultivate meditation, this is what we do. This is really about cultivation. This is really trying to cultivate, anchoring, looking deeply. That's what we're trying to do. And of course, out of that activity, generally, if we do an activity, is with an intention of some result, of course. So of course we do meditation or we continue to do meditation because we feel it is helpful, beneficial in many different ways. But I think, in a way, we have to look at kind of like, you could nearly say that the, the micro level and the macro level. At the micro level, the cultivation is really about, can I, to some degree, anchor? In one of the anchors we will be suggesting, can I, to some degree, be aware of change? Be aware that conditions arise and pass away? And that, in a way, that's what we are doing. In terms of the macro effect, who knows? This depends so much on the condition. So I think to be careful to be sitting in meditation or walking in meditation, and then kind of time to time doing what I call checking meditation. So you move from cultivating to checking. Is this working? And then what does it mean, is this working? Does it mean that I am totally calm or totally loving? Does it mean that I can go back to the breath to a certain degree? So I think being careful of that, going too much in this checking posture, because that's not cultivation. What is really important is that we try. We just try to whatever degree, in, what way, in whatever way we can at that moment, considering that at times we'll be full of energy, at times we'll be tired, at times we'll be distracted. And that 
in a way you have the change within the whole day and then you have the change within one sitting, within one walking. And so we're not trying to create a permanent state. I think this is very important. We're just trying to cultivate uh, certain qualities which often seems to help us to become more calm, more clear, more wise, more compassionate. And that, in a way, is a micro level. It's the fact that as we do the practice, with a lot of people, more of the time, it seems to have a certain benefit. But at the same time, it's not magic. This is one has to see. <laughs> there is not kind of like the meditation fairy. Oops. Here we are, you know. Like at the moment, I am involved with a, with a large, with a kind of one of the big research of the effect of mindfulness, possibly as a presenting, uh, prevention uh, in terms of aging. And uh, so we're teaching meditation uh, to people who have never done it. And I've never thought of doing it either. So really neophyte. And it's very interesting because they're quite enthusiastic. They want to do this to help research. And so, you know, we do meditation with them. And to me, I'm quite surprised that, yes, it's helpful for them. Definitely, it's helpful. After that, is it going to make any difference physiologically in their brain? We'll know in 18 months. But in terms of well-being, of course, it seems to help them. But it seems to help them in many different ways at different times. So I think it's kind of... And then it's nice when one of them says, gosh, it's the same thing all the time, you know. <laughs> at the beginning, it was a little different, but now the breath... Still the breath. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Over time, how are you with this exercise? So, in a way, what are we doing here? I think we can use different objects. So we'll uh, talk about anchoring in the breath, anchoring in the body, anchoring in the sounds, anchoring in some quality like appreciative joy, altruistic joy, anchoring in a question like uh, Stephen and I were trained in Korea. So, and the reason why we suggest different anchor is because not all anchors are going to suit everybody. A lot of people find the anchor of the breath very useful, and some people it really doesn't work. Some people find the listening meditation very useful, and for some, either it's not so possible, or it doesn't work for them. So I think to see that we're not expecting you to the same degree uh, to enjoy all of the anchor. But this is more an exploration, a confirmation for some people, oh yeah, I really, the breath really grounds me. Oh, the sound, that's easier for me. So it's kind of, or oh, it can be a discovery. Oh, I never thought of anchoring in that and it seems to be helpful. So, that one aspect of the practice anchoring often is referred to as concentration. And the reason I prefer to use the term anchoring is because we seem to have 
a certain relationship to what concentration as a word evoke for us. If somebody tells you concentrate, we tense, we tighten, we narrow. This is just kind of like in a way to just concentrate, we it's kind of nearly like we're trying to become a tomato concentrated paste, you know. <laughs> Reduce all these tomatoes in that tiny little thing. And so that's why I prefer to use the term anchoring and to really see it as the anchoring of a boat. The boat is anchored, and the anchor is very useful so the boat doesn't get lost, does not hurt other boats. But the anchor doesn't mean the boat doesn't move. This, I think, is a very important point. So that the anchor, in a way, is to ground ourselves in this experience. This is the idea about using the breath, the body, the sound, a question, a quality, is that we, we, we decide one of the elements is going to be in the foreground. But the fact that one element is in the foreground doesn't mean the other elements of sensation, sounds, feeling do not exist, or we don't consider them, but they are more in the background. Just in terms that, of course, you have some practice where you try to be aware of everything to the same degree, but personally I think it's kind of really hard work to do that. So I generally think it's better to, it's easier to just choose something in the foreground, like the breath, for example, we could do that today if it suits you, and then using it as a way to come back. And to see that the idea of the anchoring is actually one of, to me, one of the, the way the meditation works, is that when we anchor, which means when we come back to the object of anchoring, the breath, the body, the sound, etc., in a way, four things happen. We don't have to check them, but generally, as we do that, there is four things that are going to happen over time. <coughs> So the first thing is that you're not going to continue, because generally you will notice uh, you'll have lots of opportunity for going into the different channels, so you'll go in different thoughts, etc. And so in a way, the fact that, oh, I'm coming back. Oh, I'm coming back. So it's a gentle coming back. It's not a fighting coming back. Is in a way more about deciding, I could think of this, but <coughs> I also could be with the breath right now. So it's more about bringing more choice within it. So in that way, you don't feed, for example, the mental habits. Because you might notice that possibly you might not have many original thoughts. <laughs> and you might have time to time, but a lot of the time you'll have possibly thing you've thought about before. So I mean, you could think about it again, but uh, you could also give yourself a little space. I could be with the breath right now. And that actually, in a way, dissolves a little bit the feeding of it, because it seems to have its own power. You know, you think of it and then it's like, mm, I cannot stop thinking about this. So it's kind of bringing a little more choice within it. And then 
if you return to the anchor, then it diminishes the power of the habit. Then it also, and to me that's an important element, bring it back to the creative function so that we can creatively think when we want to think and not when we don't need to. So there is more freedom, more space within it. And also I think what the returning does, and you can notice it, is that when you come back to the breath or to the body or to the sound, you come back to the whole experience. And to me this is in a way what the meditation is very much about, how we limit ourselves when we kind of in a way stick to a sensation or to a thought, to a feeling, to an event. We, res we restrict the area of what we're looking at, what we're experiencing. And so when we come back to the breath, we come back to the whole thing. And then everything can be a little more in balance instead of this kind of sometimes intensifying element. I'll talk more about later. So seeing that in a way the anchoring is this gentle coming back to the breath, for example. And then within that, there is this kind of thing which happened, but we don't have to check it happening. I would say, in the macro way, generally I think that's what happened over time. And then there can be more space, more clarity due to that. But the other element of the practice is also this looking deeply this kind of uh, experiential inquiry, you could say. So again, it's not an analysis, it's kind of not like a kind of intellectual analysis as such, but yes, we do use uh, the mind to do that. This is one of the things we have with our French uh, neophytes. Uh, they kind of, we must be aware, but without analyzing. How do you do that? So we have this kind of, how do we, uh, what kind of language we can use about that. And this one is a little trickier, I would say, than uh, the anchoring is relatively easy to, oh yes, I can understand what it's about. So the experiential inquiry is to really be within the experience and notice that it changes, that's all. So in a way, it's kind of a way of being in the experience instead of Often what we do is we go into the commenting of the experience. So here it's kind of trying to be with the breath, noticing mm, the air coming a little cooler, comes out a little warmer. If, you, if you're aware of the sensation, to notice the sensation come, the sensation go. I mean, this morning I was sitting in meditation and suddenly I had a little sensation. And I thought, hmm. And you see, immediately, I had this sensation, a little kind of painful sensation. And immediately, I thought, hmm, I still have 15 minutes to be there with this. <laughs> Will I be able to be, stay with, with this? Because generally, that's what happens. You have a certain sensation, and immediately, you kind of like, have the impression it's going to last and I just stayed with it, and it went very fast, so I really did not have to do anything with it. So in a way, here what we're looking is that things change in two ways. One way is that they arise, 
and they go. They come and they go. The second way it changes is within itself. So if you, for example, you go inside a sensation or inside a sound, you can see that it changes within itself. It's not fixed, it's not solid. So that's what we're trying to do with the looking deeply, with the experiential inquiry, just. It's not complicated, it's just, can I be close to the experience? And notice in what way it might change. And then, again, that has a tendency, in a way, to dissolve a little bit our tendency to make things possibly last longer than they need. So in terms of the breath, that's something you could do today, but what is very important is to see that all of you come possibly from a different background, etc. So you might have you know, different anchors. So if you prefer to do listening to sound, if you prefer to do body scanning, <coughs> if you've been taught to count the breath, if you really like to do loving-kindness meditation, meta-meditation, that is fine. If you like to just do just sitting meditation, that is fine. Because in a way, as you sit, you're doing your own thing. So I'm not going to check, you know, what are you doing now? <laughs> you are your own person on the board. So if... Uh, in a week, we don't have the opportunity, we can't you know, bring every single method of meditation, so we'll just have a few. So if you really like, for example, metta, and we're not going to cover it, or possibly the last morning, then do it. Don't wait for us to mention it. Do it if you think it's useful. So I think it's very also part of a meditation retreat is, in a way, becoming one's own teacher what might be useful for me now. I might need to do something which is a little more calming. Or I might do something which is a little more brightening. So again, we look at that over the retreat. So in terms of the breath, personally, what I would just suggest <coughs> is just to be aware of the breath. Just to rest the attention on the sensation we feel when we breathe. So it can be sensation in the nostril. I mean, sometimes people are taught to be aware of just at the interest of the nostril, work for some people, don't work for others. Some people are told to be aware of the abdomen expanding, contracting, again, work for some or not. Or you can follow the whole of the breath. What is very important is to see that as soon as we pay attention to the breath, because we can influence the breath, we nearly feel like I am doing it. So in a way, that's what we try over time to just let it be. So in a way, to follow the breath, to wait for the breath. So we're really not trying to control the breath. But in a way, each of us can work with it. Uh, of course, if you are asthmatic, then I might not necessarily recommend to anchor in the breath because it might be a little uh, unpleasant and then you can just be aware of sensation in the body. And sensation in the body, you can just be aware of contact, the hands on each other, the buttocks on the cushion, 
the clothes on the body, <coughs> the air on the cheek. Or you can be aware of sensation, specific sensation in the body. Stephen will talk more about this tomorrow. So again, for you to see if you prefer that. Or, of course, you can listen to sounds. Just that they arise, pass away, use them as an anchor. Again, not to listen, not to comment on them, but just as a mean to anchor. And again, there you can more be aware of the space in which the sound happened, or you can be aware of specific sound, then they go, then you can be aware of the next specific sound. But you're not trying to be aware of all the sound to the same degree. So, in a way, what I would say is today, uh, try to find an anchor that works for you. The breath, the body, the sound. And just, in a way, try to focus on that. And then there is a question, or how do I focus? <coughs> in terms of what kind of effort do I bring to it? So in a way, it's very important to see that when we do meditation, are we doing something? We're putting some effort in it. But we're trying to cultivate effortless effort. And I know this might sound a little strange. <coughs> but this is because as soon as you talk about effort, then generally again we tighten. It seems that whenever we think of trying something, doing something, we have this, this kind of automatic reaction of preparing ourselves like if we were going to lift a huge burden, a huge weight. I mean, of course, if we have a big weight, you know, like when I am in the, uh, in the plane and I have my suitcase and I have to put it up there, I am small. You know, and I try to make my suitcase not very heavy, but generally, you know, I can't just, I have to, okay, okay. So I really have to bring that tightening, more intense effort to achieve the lift. But we don't need to do that when we meditate. I think it's very important to see that often we try to meditate with the body. Sometimes I find myself trying to meditate with my jaw, like I'm kind of tightening my jaw. You know, like if it's this will make me focus better or you might tighten your shoulder. So in a way, this will go a little against uh, the meditation. So trying to notice, oh, if I tighten, which is a natural thing we do when we put in effort, we relax. Relax the jaw, relax the shoulder. And again, it might be we do the same with the mind. I must focus, I must focus. And it's like you have this thing of tightening with the mind to focus. So again, can we have more of this gentle, gentle attitude within the effort? So that we try, and it's true, we're going to try and try again. But can we see it as an opportunity? Oh yeah, just an opportunity to come back to the anchor. Instead of, I failed again because I have a thought. I mean, Meditation is not about stopping thinking. I mean, can you stop yourself from listening? If your ear works, you cannot stop yourself from hearing. 
because you have these senses that are operating. And thinking is an operative sense and it's very good we have it. So if you think it's good, you know, your mind is working. So the thing is like we're trying to bring a little space within it. So of course we will think, but as the great master said, if you think a million times, well, you can come back a million times. So really, don't fight your thought. But that we'll talk more about it later. The thought, the feeling, the sensation will become information. Hmm. What is it I think about? How do I think about it? Could I think it differently? What do I feel? How, I, how am I, before I go into the commenting, the meaning, how is it? How do I feel? How do I sense? So really this is a caring, careful exploration that we're trying to do here with the meditation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.